and welcome. You are listening to Positive Mindset Project, and I'm your host, Mark Probitz. Now, listen up, and I want you to stick around until the end so that I may give you my top tips for dealing with loneliness. Yes, that's right. I'm going to talk about a subject no one wants to talk about. In fact, I haven't talked about this subject in depth before today. Loneliness. Why does it happen? How to deal with it? And what to do about it? Now, nod your head if you've ever felt lonely. I'm mind reading right now, and I would say that's pretty much everyone out there listening to this episode right now. As you know, my podcast title is Positive Mindset Project, and with this in mind, my mission is to make people feel good and give some meaning to this crazy reality we call our lives. Now, I can remember the first time I was really lonely. And the funny thing was, it was a Christmas and all my friends and family, well, they went away on a Christmas cruise. I was invited, although I declined, and I came up with the excuse of work commitments. Now, I was about 20 years old. The ironic thing was, I actually ended up giving everyone a ride to the port in Circular Quay in Sydney. And the funny thing about that was, it didn't hit me until I actually dropped everyone off. I got back home to an empty house. I took one look around and thought, shit, I'd give anything to be on that cruise ship. But unfortunately, that ship had sailed for me. Now, the other unfortunate thing for many lonely people, well, they feel that same intense emotion that I felt, though that can be for decades in their case. And I do consider myself fortunate to never have spent decades being lonely. We often walk past and ignore lonely people every day. And I've been guilty of that myself especially when I was younger. I just didn't give it much thought. I always had friends around and I was just completely ignorant and selfish, I suppose. That's what we do in our youth. We don't tend to concentrate on anyone else except ourselves. It's always about us. Isn't it strange how the older we become, the wiser and more experienced, and hopefully in most cases, smarter. Though it can be a struggle to make new friends, especially when we move to a new city or even a new country, and I know people who have joined all sorts of different volunteer clubs to make friends and it just never happened. And they've been volunteering for years, coming back every year. Everyone would go and do their volunteering Not a single invite to a barbecue or an invite out to a pub for a drink. Everyone just goes home and shows up the next weekend to do the same thing, just like Groundhog Day. And I've had similar experiences myself. Now, my intention is not to discredit anyone or any association here because, remember, these people are volunteers and they're giving up their weekends to do volunteer work. So, you know their character can't be questioned. But what I'm getting at 
is that the older we get, the less willing we seem to be to allow new people into our lives. I'm sure you've all tried to be accepted into those cool and clicky groups once in your life. I've tried plenty of times and pretty much been rejected every time. <laughs> it used to bother me, though these days I've discovered a lot about myself and about being happy. And I'm going to share with you that very soon. When I think back to my early childhood, I can remember my parents telling me if I wanted to be friends with somebody, all I had to do was to go up to another kid, say hello, can I, say, can I be your friend? Can we play? They'd nod their head, we start playing, and just get on with it. Now, how easy was that? And I taught my kids the same thing, and it never failed. Now, I just shake my head in wonder. Where did we all go wrong? Once we were supposedly grown up. I want to think about it. When we were all kids, we were constantly surrounded by a lot of other kids. We were forced into classes with people we didn't know, and a lot of times people that we didn't even like. We played sports, and we took part in other group environments, and we were forced to find a way to get along. And personally, I found this is probably the most crucial years for people to learn and develop their social skills, learning how to deal with bullies, learning how to deal with the alpha male or the alpha female, and how to deal with being that different kid and how to deal with rejection. That's a big one. I found I was getting rejected all the time. I don't know about you, but rejection was just part of my life. I wasn't one of those really popular kids that was gravitated to or people used to really look up to. Not that I thought. Anyway, maybe other people will say something different, but that's what my perspective was. I had to deal with plenty of rejection, and I'm guessing so have you. I wasn't the most popular kid. I was a small kid at school who wanted to play all the contact sports and I had to give my all and force my way into those teams. Rarely got to play positions I wanted, but when I did give my all, I managed to just scrape through and then I made a good account of myself and, hey, that's my perspective and that's my recollection. Some others may have seen, said you were crap, but that's what I thought. Now, here's a few facts that I came across, and they're very interesting, so listen up. Now, if you are suffering from loneliness, apparently you have a 29% increased chance of having a heart attack, a 32% increased chance of having a stroke. Now, suffering from loneliness has actually been compared to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's crazy and considered more dangerous than being an alcoholic. Just think about that. Loneliness is thought to be a bigger killer than obesity. Did you even know that? Before I did the research on loneliness, I didn't know any of this. All I knew that it was a deep, 
dark, depressing, sad hole that people found themselves in. And the older they got, the less likely they were to dig themselves out. I'll say it again. Why don't we admit it if we are lonely? Or even talk about it? And strangely, the youth and the elderly are the loneliest of all. Apparently, teenage kids perform worse when they are lonely and they have increased thoughts of self-harm. When people become ill or bedridden or incapacitated, a lot of them lose their ability to socialise. This is where churches, mosques, religious gatherings and religious associations are really invaluable and probably goes unnoticed for most part. And I think many people who are in religious congregations probably went there in the beginning, just looking for friends and answers to the big questions in their lives. And hopefully they found them. I can remember when I first moved up to the Central Coast in Terrigal, New South Wales. Now, I thought I needed to meet people because I didn't know anybody and I am a social type of person. And I really didn't feel like hanging around pubs and bars. I learnt long ago that not many role models or mentors can be found in that environment. So instead, I decided to join Close Combat at Sakrav Marga Israeli Self-Defence Club in West Gosford. And that really suited my personality. And I made lifelong friendships there. And I hear similar stories from friends who do jiu-jitsu, and these types of close combat martial arts seem to build great friendships, confidence, respect and resilience. And many of my friends train in these combat sports and they've been there for 10 or 20 years. Now, in stark contrast, to give an indication of just how lonely people are, apparently, the biggest dating app is Tinder. How sad is that? The biggest indicator for being lonely isn't your age. It's whether you're in a relationship or not. And that makes sense. I mean, if you have children, you're pretty busy with parenting. So there are plenty of social opportunities where kids are growing up, playing sport and doing all their activities. And it's funny, how even your kids affect your friendships. I can remember meeting plenty of parents and thinking, cool, these guys look like they may be potential new friends. Only to have your kids come home and say, I'm not friends with so-and-so anymore. And then you never see him again. <laughs> and you think, oh, well, back to the drawing board. I find in most cultures, you make the strongest relationships as a young adolescent and you generally keep those relationships throughout your life especially if you're from a small town close-knit and never venture too far i suppose it's a little bit like marrying the girl next door it's just so comfortable and familiar though all this changes if your value levels change and people around you don't in other words, you outgrow a town and sometimes you outgrow your friends. Now, please don't misunderstand me here. 
It doesn't mean someone is better than someone else or something's wrong with them. It just means you grow in different directions. People go in search of themselves and who they are. And in most cases, they do this unconsciously. I suspect this is how you can feel lonely, even when you do have friends and family around you. For me, it felt just like I was out of alignment with everyone around me, even though I had friends. And that's why I went in search of myself and I went to different countries and lived all around the world. Here's some facts I came across. Did you know single women are four times more likely to be haunted by loneliness than another woman in a relationship? And if you think that's bad, spare a thought for single males who are 10 times more likely to suffer from loneliness than other males in relationships. And I can really attest to this theory. I would have to say I've made more male friends through my wife socialising with other women. It's just, it's a strange phenomenon. Men seem to be terrible at making friends. I don't know whether it's an ego thing, but men just seem to, they don't talk as much as women. They tend to keep things bottled up a lot. And they just struggle. I recently heard, if you suffer from loneliness, your chances of getting dementia and Alzheimer's doubles. And approximately 60% of mental health spending now goes into dementia and Alzheimer's disease. The elderly do so much better having children around them. My parents have dementia. And when I take my kids around, they're, they're completely different. And studies have shown that, but I've never really seen any initiatives where, where anything happens that introduces kids to elderly people just to, just to get their minds working and get them answering all those questions that kids come up with, the creativity in the minds. So the problem I see in our social structure is that We've all of a sudden left our tribes or our groups because that's what we evolved in in the beginning. And we went in search of other opportunities such as money, career, love, or just simply to find out who we are. And often those brave few who undertake this rite of passage find themselves having to rebuild all over again from nothing. This can be exhausting and time consuming, and I've had to do this a couple of times. When you think about it, why do you think so many people attend men's workshops and workshops like Wim Hof Method where they do breathing and go into ice baths and meditation retreats? Breathwork retreats are everywhere these days, and I'm a big fan of the Oxygen Advantage They've been around for years, and I actually plan on doing my instructor course through them in, in the near future. You can look up Patrick McEwen. He's awesome. He's trained top-level athletes all over the planet with amazing results. Like, what I learned from him was, did you know 
the way you breathe can actually have a direct influence on asthma. I find that that's just fascinating. Now, sorry for getting a little bit sidetracked there. Now, humans love to learn and evolve in a non-judgmental environment, and that's where we can forget about being self-conscious and thrive without being weighed, measured, and judged. Just like when we're at primary school, there was no stress on our shoulders. It was the happiest time in my life, I'd have to say. And then once I got to high school, everything changed. I find people like people who are like them. I'll say it again. I find people like people who are like them. People who are on the same wavelength or frequency. Now, just listen up for a minute. I recently seen this demonstration where they took a tuning forks. Tuning forks are used for tuning musical instruments. Now both of these forks were 40 hertz each and they had them independently set next to each other. And as they demonstrated, they struck one of the forks and then they put their hand on the fork they struck. And you could hear the other fork singing. And it was just sitting there on a piece of wood independent from the other one about 30 centimetres apart. And then they did another experiment where they got two tuning forks. One was 40 hertz, one was 42 hertz, and they struck the 41, put their hand on it to stop it. And when you listened to that, you couldn't hear a thing. There was no sound you couldn't hear a pin drop. Now, as for these workshops, I fully agree with them. And sometimes you've just got to get out there and get out of your comfort zone. And that comfort zone, you may be in a sad, toxic, depressing part of your life. So you need to go and search people like the tuning forks on the same frequency as you. People you feel comfortable with being around. And that can be euphoric. And if nothing changes, then nothing changes. Now, a word of caution, please. Just do your research on these organisations. You don't want to find yourself with a bunch of crazies. So how do we start to figure out the lost art of making friends? I know there's a lot of different types of loneliness, and I, and I will do another podcast on people who just feel lonely when they're in a relationship. This one is just for people that feel lonely. So let's start to figure that out. Let's go for it. Now, one of the best examples I've ever seen was from a person making friends, and that happened right in front of my very eyes. It was when I was working as a scuba instructor in Honduras on this little island called Utila. Now, this little island is in the Caribbean. Now, I had this student, I'll never forget her. Her name was Irene, and she was from Holland. She was Dutch. And she came and did a rescue diver course with me. Now, Irene was this six-foot, heavy-set, really strong girl. And, man, I put her through the ringer. I had her rescuing 100-kilo men, carrying them up the beach on her back, she was carrying them up ladders on her own onto dive boats and she was performing 
mock rescues and mock resuscitations. It was really intense training. And she never batted an eyelid. Not once. She just got on with it, finished the course, and that course went on for days. Now, I remember seeing her at the bar the night after she finished that course, and I sat down next to her and said, congratulations, Irene, you really earned that rescue certification. Now, I hope you don't think I was too hard on you, but I could just tell you had what it took to pass, and that's why I challenged you. And you should be really proud of your efforts. I'm really proud of what you did there. You're probably the best person that I've ever trained as in rescue. I can't remember what her actual response was, whether she <laughs> swore at me or what. But what I can recall was these people walking past saying, hi, Irene, how are you going? Now, Irene had only been on this island for about a week. She was not particularly good looking. She was even a little goofy looking. And I said to her, Irene, I really have to take my hat off to you. You've been on this island for a week. You knew no one when you got here. Now, I've been working on this island every day for six months, and you know almost as many people as I do. How did you do it? Listen carefully, and I will tell you what she told me. Irene said to me, Mark, it really doesn't matter who you are or how good looking you are. The way to make friends is that every time you come across someone new, just put out your hand, introduce yourself, tell people your name, then ask them their name and then use their name when you ask them questions about themselves. Did you hear what I said? She said the way to make friends is every time you come across someone, just put out your hand, introduce yourself, tell people your name, and then ask them a question about themselves using their name. People love it when you show interest in them. Don't sit there just talking about yourself all the time. Anyway, she went with her little handshake and friendly smile, introducing herself to everyone on the island and asking them that question about themselves using their name. It's a great way to break the ice. And in my research, I found the difference between lonely people and people who are not is that when something goes wrong, when making friends, lonely people tend to see it as their fault and say, what's wrong with me? People who are not lonely, they tend to look at their approach and think, what changes do I need to make when it comes to making friends? Now, as humans, we so often keep trying an ineffective method, and we expect a different outcome. Everyone knows this is the definition of insanity. <laughs> One thing I noticed about my wife, now she's from France. Her friends and family compared to mine are so different. See, they treat food and meals as a ritual, 
They invite people over often and they will spend at least two hours at the table talking, laughing, having a conversation, and it's like this every time. Now, I've found, especially since all those lockdowns, people are still not socialising like they used to, and we are social beings. We evolved being social. We survived being social all this time. And when we're left alone, we get sick. I've even heard that when a baby is born, if it's left without any human contact or bonding, it will die. And I think that's probably true. So what are you going to do about feeling lonely? Well, why not contacting family you haven't spoken to for years? Why not contact old friends? You've got social media, you can just send them a message. Studies have shown as many as one in five people feel lonely at some time, and the odds are they may be feeling just as lonely as you do and are just hoping that somebody contacts them. So why not go in search of those people? Be brave, go up and put your hand out and introduce yourself to people. Ask them a question about themselves using their name, it never fails. The most important time to extend your invitation is around Christmas time. For many people, this can be a very difficult time. It's the highest period for suicides and depression. Who wants to go through the festive season alone? That's just no fun at all. Just go for it. If you're lonely, you put your little hand out contact people that you haven't contacted for a long time and just say hello, what are you doing for Christmas? Even be bold enough to ask them, would you take another person? I haven't seen you for a long time. I don't want to spend time alone at Christmas. Who's going to say no to that? You never know. The person you could save from being lonely, it might just be yourself. And if you're completely stuck, Go and volunteer for homeless on Christmas Day and, and help with preparing meals. Nothing makes you feel more valued and more appreciated than volunteering. And remember, I met this older guy. He would have been somewhere between 80 and 90, and he, and he still had his faculties, and he was, and he was pretty, pretty on the ball. And I said to him, congratulations, you're really going well. I see you every year when I come here and I do my deliveries. And you're always laughing and you're always in good spirits. I said, what's your secret? And he said, listen up. He said, you need to be needed. If you have friends or family that need a lift here or they need kids picked up or dropped off or babysat, lawns mowed, things like that, dogs walked, he said, you volunteer to do it. He said, humans need to be needed. And this was a really, a really intelligent guy. I think he was a doctor. And he said, you know what? Every discussion, every dogfight, you make sure you're in it. That's what keeps your faculties going and that's what keeps you being needed. When people value your opinion, when you're useful, people don't forget about you. When you go into that bedroom on that phone and on that iPad or on that laptop and you just close your door and you lock yourself up, you watch movies on your own, yeah, I know that can be fun and that can be convenient, but if you have that as a... Uh, as a general habit, there's 
you're you're lonely i can tell you that right now and another thing i've noticed as well this is one of the biggest killers for meeting people people out walking and exercising they've always got those headsets on no one really speaks anymore i remember when i used to walk my dogs when i was younger you'd always have people to speak to and say hello and you'd start up conversations now it doesn't happen like it used to and that's another reason why people are not interacting like they used to they are being basically held hostage by all these devices and look i know a lot of lonely people who only way of communicating is via the internet and that's great and that i thoroughly recommend we need that but able-bodied people who are out walking and that type of thing they tend to be distracted with music or podcasts and all that and if you're lonely you want to get those earphones off and you want to be like that antenna receptive to vibrations around you like the tuning fork looking for those vibrations that are the same as yours and i think you'll find you will find some more friends and look on facebook for those groups of interest that do things that you want to do and contact them and make the effort to go out there and do that now i hope you like my recent episode on loneliness and i really should give a shout out to olivia reams I got some information off her when she did a TEDx talk, and you can see that on YouTube. She's a researcher from Cambridge University, and I found a lot of inspiration from her TEDx talk. Now, if you think this episode on loneliness could help someone, can you please share it? And if this is your first time listening, could you give me a five-star review? This way it helps my podcast come to the top and get shown to more people because what i do here i do it for free and i do it to help people you'll see all of my subjects that i choose for the podcast are things that people generally don't talk about and i think a lot of people want to hear these subjects now you can also go to my website markprovitz.com and you can find out more about me and how i help people and of course you can send me an email at new mindset new life mark p at gmail.com or just go to facebook mark probits and send me a friend request every few days i go live and i won't go live just to show people my shoes or my latest iphone it's current information for people that i really think could enhance their life so thanks for being with me my name's mark probits and you've been listening to Positive Mindset Project. Merry Christmas.